If you see it on the screen here, we're dealing on building a friendship with God. Uh, This morning's lesson is what does it mean to walk with God, and we're going to kind of deal with different aspects of this over the next five weeks, building a friendship with God, uh, just continuing to do that. And so um, we want you to uh, build a friendship with God. And so we've put this together, and this was adapted from a message that I heard. You'll see on the last page there, uh, Brother Unger um, pastored for many years. I don't believe he's pastoring currently, but... uh, um, Will Unger um, from Canada, um, he put this uh, idea together, and so this is adapted from him. But basically, as you're walking with God over the next five weeks, as we do this study on building a friendship with God, this will be a great tool to just kind of track your progress, uh, to be able to gauge and see how are you doing spiritually. Is there any improvement? Hopefully, after uh, you know thirty days or forty days of, of answering these questions, you would start to see some improvement. So daily, you just uh, there's instructions here on the on the Believer's Bible Challenge on the first page. But question number one is, how well did I do in showing love for the Lord and love for others today? And uh, you know, just ask the Lord to help you through the day to show love for Him and love for others. Obviously, love for Him. We're gonna if you love me, what keep my commandments. So if we're, if we're loving him, we're going to keep his commandments. So you say, well, how did I do showing God's love today? Oh, well, I did, didn't do that. I didn't do that. Or I did that. You know, gauge yourself. Well, how did I do showing God's love to others? Uh, was I short with people? Did I, do, did I do well? Basically a self-assessment. And nobody's going to see it, so you can be honest. And uh, you can write down there, how did I do? I did one. I didn't do very good. You know, ten, I did awesome. I, I am the, the super Christian. I, I've got it down. So you got tens for the entire month uh, listed here. Uh, Question number two, how well did I do in demonstrating the spirit-filled life today? Was the fruit of the spirit a reality in my life? And we see here, of course, the verses, the admonition to be filled with the spirit, to let the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. How did those things come out of my life today? Uh, Were they evident? Were they uh, seen? Did people see them? Uh, how consistent was I in maintaining prayer, fellowship with God throughout the day today? We're going to be talking about that in our lesson this morning, uh, but just the idea of praying without ceasing. Did I keep a spirit of prayer about me? Number four, did I express thanks and praise to God today uh, for every blessing, test, and trial? Um, how did I do? You know, the express thanks. Was I thankful? Was I a thankful person today? Even for the test, even for the trials, even for the struggles when the car didn't start or I got a flat tire or, you know, somebody was late for work and I had to do an extra job. Uh, You know, the challenges, was I still able to have gratitude? How well did I do in living a Christian pattern of humility today? Was I humble today or was I self-promoting? Was I lifting myself up and and that throughout the day today? How well did I do in my thought life uh, conforming to God's requirements today? Um, very important to control and guide our thought life. How well do I do in participating? Uh, I'm in practicing separation today, separation from the world, or did I embrace or stand with the world or participate in the world's uh, philosophies, ideas, and mindset? How well did I do in delighting in and meditating on the Word of God throughout the day today? Again, a second aspect we'll be dealing with with regards to this, uh, what does it mean to walk with God? So we're going to be talking about that. How well did I do today in living by faith 
and was my body under control and in subjection to the Holy Spirit throughout the day today. So many strong Bible challenges that you want to look at and uh, just take with you. Uh, you know, stick that in your Bible, and then when you have your morning devotions, you might say, well, it was yesterday, I want to gauge yesterday, and then today I want to do better, or whatever. So if you sit down, or you could sit down at night and do this, and have your devotions in the morning, but uh, Believer's Bible Challenge, but basically really designed to try and help you uh, with the aspect of walking with God and growing spiritually, which is what we want to do as God's people. So let's get into the Word of God this morning. Um, we're going to read a few texts, and again, like I said, we're going to change our, our way of doing things. I'm going to try and get in, involvement with the students, uh, and so I want you guys to read. Would one of you be willing to turn to Genesis chapter 5, verse 21? Genesis 5, 21. Okay, Andrew's going to read that for us, and then I need somebody to turn to Luke 24 and verse 15. All right. Olivia is going to read that, Luke twenty four fifteen, And uh, actually, there's a couple of verses with both of those. But then, then And then uh, I need somebody to read Luke 24, verse 30 to 32. All right, Tim's going to read that. So starting there in Genesis um, is chapter 5 and verse 21, Andrew. Uh, would you read verses 21, 22 through 24, through verse 24? Enoch lived sixty and five years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah in three hundred years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were three hundred sixty and five years. And Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. Now in Genesis chapter 6, verses 8 through 10, um, I'm going to read that. He says, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah. I didn't give that to anybody, did I? I didn't think so. I think we went right to Luke. So Noah uh, was a just man and a perfect in his generation, and Noah walked with God. And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now looking in Luke 24, uh, verses 15 and seven through 17. 15 through 17. So you guys know the story here of these men on the road to Emmaus were, were walking and they were saddened and they had communications as they were walking, they had communications, they were walking with the Lord. And then we see in Luke 24 verses 30 and 32, the conclusion of this, we just kind of jump to the end of the story here. So we have the example in all of these texts, uh, the idea of walking with God, the idea of spending time with him. And we see that these men that were on the road to Emmaus they impacted their heart. They were stirred. They talked about the idea of that, hey, did not our heart burn within us? Wasn't there something real and powerful happening? We didn't even realize it, but now he's gone and Man, there was something taking place in our heart while he was here. And that's the way our walk should be. It should be something real. It should be something powerful that brings about 
uh, change in our life that impacts us throughout the day. It's a sad fact that so many believers have never found out how to have a intimate, personal, powerful relationship with God. It's one of our greatest privileges as Christians. I mean, it's, it's mind-boggling. It would be like Elon Musk saying, hey, anytime you need something, come and see me. I want to be your friend. And you're saying, oh, okay. And then you never go talk to him. You never call him. You never say anything. He's, he's extended help. He said, yeah, I want to help you. Hey, let me meet your needs. Let me, let me spend time with you. Let me invest time with you. I'm, I'm willing to do that. And you say, oh, well, no, I, I don't have time for you right now. But then so many Christians, they want to, when they have a need, they want to call on God. When they have a problem, they want to call on God. But they're not walking with God. They're not spending time with God on a daily basis. They haven't learned how to have a, a meaningful relationship with God. Enoch and many other people, Noah we know, saw, walked with God in their lives. And there's no reason that we as Christians can't have that same thing. It's available to us. We can walk with God. The believer is a child of the king. And we've been given access to the throne room of God. And he calls us to a meaningful and powerful relationship with him. Now, but... If we never enter, if we never talk to him, if we never spend time with him, we're treating that position he has given us as sons as though we're not even part of the family of God. It's, it's meaningless. And so we need to take advantage of the privilege that's ours to build a relationship with God. This is what these lessons are about, building a friendship with God. And it begins with having a walk with God. That's where it starts, having a walk with God. We've got kind of a, a broad spectrum in here, people in different stages of their lives. But, uh, you know, how do you build a relationship? My kids know the answer to this. What builds a relationship? Communication. Communication builds a relationship. You spend time with somebody. And so at the stage that several of these younger people are at, they're looking at some young man or young lady and want to get to know them a little better. They're going to spend time, and they're going to spend time communicating. It can be short, meaningless communication. It can be long, drawn-out conversations. I've seen on the phone records for my children, some phone calls, two, three, four hours plus, and I'm like, what in the world are you talking about for that long? Oh, whatever, you know, uh, this. I'm like, that is, that is crazy. That's too long. You don't need to be talking that long. And, uh, you know, th- what, what, there's a desire there. And they want to build the relationship. That communica- Without that communication, the relationship's not going to build. It's not going to grow. And it's the same thing with our Heavenly Father. Just because He saved our soul and has made us a child of the King, and now we're in the family of God, you're not going to have a relationship Unless you're communicating with him. Unless you're letting him communicate with you and you are communicating with him. So I want you to see, first of all, this morning that fellowship is desired by Christ. Fellowship is desired by Christ. So we have a nice three point outline uh, for you this morning. And uh, in first uh, Corinthians, verse one, chapter one, verse number nine, he says, God is faithful by whom you were called unto the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. 
So we are called to this fellowship. The God of heaven, the God of heaven and earth, the creator of the universe, wants to fellowship with us. Now that word fellowship comes from a Greek word uh, which foundationally means partnership or participation, but it goes much deeper than that. Fellowship goes beyond that. It goes to uh, communication and then beyond that to communion. To a real celebrating and putting together of the relationship to communion. So fellowship means communion, a participating in something. You'll see often in the scriptures the, the word that they had all things common. They, 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 they gave and took from one another. That's what fellowship is. In its, in its real truest root form, fellowshipping is giving and taking. And we're going to get into this a little bit more as we get in further into this lesson on building a friendship with God. The idea that it's a give and take. That there's a relationship that's built and developed there. But that's what it is. And we've been called to fellowship with his son. Now God created us for fellowship with him. Now you remember in the Bible, uh, who was it that walked with God in the cool of the day? Adam, yeah, I'm just getting you guys back uh, with me here. Adam walked with God in the cool of the day. But, but what happened that destroyed that fellowship? Sin came in. Sin came in and destroyed that fellowship. Sin came in and separated us between uh, us and our God. The, the Bible describes and talks about how iniquity has separated you. Between you and your God. And when we have sin in our heart, even our fellowship with God is broken. But God desires to fellowship with us. That was his plan from the beginning all the way back with Adam and Eve when he walked with him in the cool of the day. But man sinned and broke that fellowship. But God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to provide a means or a way of restoring it. So he wants to restore that fellowship. So he went to all this that we could fellowship with him. In John 8, verse number 12, he says, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. You know, there's, we as, when you're unbelievers, you're walking in darkness. But Jesus came to give light so we don't have to walk in darkness anymore so that that fellowship can be restored. In Romans 6, verse number 4, he says, Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism unto death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. We should walk in newness of life. We should have a new life. We should have a new way of engaging with him. We don't have to walk in darkness anymore. And that comes from building a relationship with him, from having what we know to be a walk with God. Many Christians never have a walk with God. Oh, they have a prayer time that they pray when they have a need, when somebody's sick, when there's a, uh, a problem, when a family member is passing away. That's the, the, the extent of most Christians' prayer life, is when there's a burden. But really building a relationship and a friendship with God over time, consistently just fellowshipping with God, very, very few Christians really experience that. They don't really know what it's like. John is sharing with us what God showed him and desires that we all have a fellowship with God in 1 John chapter 1 and verse number 3. Who wants to read that? 1 John chapter 1 and verse number 3. Brad. 
obviously, 1 John, not, not the book of John, but 1 John chapter 1 and verse number 3. <clears throat> He says, hey, the things that I've seen and heard, I'm sharing with you. Why? So that you could have fellowship with us, but not just with us, with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. This is God's plan. He says, I'm trying to teach you about this, the idea that you should have fellowship with God, fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ. But the real question this morning is, how bad do we want fellowship with him? These, uh, these guys that are dating, and I don't know about Brad and Aaron and... I certainly don't know about the Ashburns uh, when, they were, uh, when they were dating. But there was a desire for fellowship. There was a motivation. There, I mean, you know, Andrew was asking me this week, hey, spring break's coming up. We got, we got some extra time. I'm going to have a few days off school. And I want to know, can I go spend time with or go see Bella, <laughs> Annabelle. <laughs> I always call her Bella. Uh, can I go see Annabelle? Well, he, he wants to, he's already thinking about it. He's already planning. He wants to do that. But how much thought or planning or preparation do we put into our time with God? Man, I can't wait till tomorrow morning. This is what I'm studying. This is what I'm reading. This is what I'm looking at. I want to get back to that and see what God says about this. You know, sometimes when you're in a conversation, what's, what's your boyfriend's name again? Eduardo? Eduardo, sometimes when you're in a conversation with Eduardo and you don't get to finish the conversation, you had to go to work all day. You're thinking, man, I got to get done with this so that I can, we got to finish this conversation. We got to find out what's going on. There's, a, there's something we need to know or we got to finish this plan or I got to find out why he's upset. Or I got to let him know that I'm upset. <laughs> Whatever. We got to finish this conversation. That's especially the ladies. They like to, they like to talk it out. The guys are like, let's just forget it. Just be done with it. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, girls want to talk it out. No, we need to talk it out. Got to solve this. But that desire is there. What I'm saying, what about our relationship with God? Is there a desire? How bad do we? God desires a relationship with us. You know, applying this to that aspect of developing a relationship with a guy or a girl, I think of sometimes uh, in the church here, there's been people that were interested in somebody else in the church. And I'm not talking about kids. I'm talking about adults that, you know, they come and they kind of get a desire to get to know some other adult in the church. And it's evident and it's clear that they want that and they kind of are pursuing it. But there is no interest from the other party like I have no interest in, in pursuing this. I don't want to encourage it at all. I want to stay away. Please don't, you know, let him know that I'm here or please don't tell her that I, that I you know, whatever. I mean, it, it's, there's no interest there. And sometimes as Christians, that's the way we are with God. God desires that passion, that desire, that ambition to know us is there. You are uniquely made and God loves you. God loves you, you, and he wants to spend time with you. And yet we look at it sometimes and think, oh, there's, there's no interest there. I, I'm not really, yeah, that's not for me. But we shouldn't be that way as children of God. So we see, first of all, that fellowship is desired by Christ. But I want you to see fellowship is developed by the Christian. It's developed 
by the Christian. So it certainly would be a lot easier if God would just do it, right? If it would just happen. If God would just make it happen and we would have this fellowship or we would have this pattern in our life. Once we made the decision to trust him, all of a sudden, okay, you know, we have that fellowship or it's there. But it doesn't just happen. God expects us to do something. God expects us to put forth effort. So we've got to build a habit of a daily devotional time with God. Now, I believe I'm dealing with and talking to people here that have been around long enough that they understand what a daily devotional time with God is, building a time uh, where you spend time with the Lord. Now, you know that I'm not a morning person, that uh, I function far better at night. I went to bed last night at about 2 a.m. and uh, rose at 7.30 this morning. But I function better at night. However, I think that, so let me put it this way. A daily walk with God anytime is better than not walking with God at all. But I do believe that there's an emphasis in the scripture. There's a priority in the scripture put on the morning hours, on starting your day with God. I, I I, I would say it's better if you, if you say, hey, I can't function in the morning. I'm not awake before 1030, and by then I'm at work, so morning does not work for me. That's fine. Do it at lunchtime. Do it in the evening. Do it sometime, but have a daily time with God. It's far more important than not at all. But I believe in the scriptures you'll see a priority put on the morning. In Proverbs 8, verse number 17, he says, I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. So there is there this kind of statement, clearly, the implication given, those that seek me early shall find me. Those that seek me, and, you know, that could be applied to, to many areas, but, you know, early in the day, the beginning of the day. Um, in Psalms chapter 5 and verse number 3, um, Tim, you want to read that? Psalms 5 and verse number 3. Psalms 5.3. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord, in the morning will I grant my prayer unto thee. All right, so there's very obviously there a implication that it's in the morning. God's going to hear our voice. He, we're going to lift up our eyes into heaven. We're going to direct our prayer unto him. We're going to look to him in the morning. <coughs> so... I want to ask you, um, either think of a biblical example of, of this idea of seeking God in the morning, uh, or, or what do you think is the reason that God would want us to seek him in the morning? Olivia? Two very key things there with regards to this aspect of walking with God. Um, there is a principle of first fruits in the Bible. 
the principle of first fruits, and that is giving God what's first, you know, giving him the tenth out of the first fruit, out of the, what he gives us. The first portion goes to God. Every time God took people, children of Israel, into a city uh, and they conquered a land, the first city was, he said, that city belongs to God. Everything there, you leave for God. The rest of the cities, you can take what, you know, the, what God prospers you with, but this city is going to be wholly dedicated to God. And so there's the idea of first fruits. And so that aspect of our daily just starting God for putting him first. And then taking that secondly is the idea of walking with God. If we're going to be spending time with and walking with God throughout the day, at some point we've got to start. You know, there's got to be a beginning point for that. Um, you know, I can't say right now that, yeah, I'm walking with Mary. Well, she's not here. She's not present. She's not with me. So I would have to get her and bring her here, and then, then we would be together, and there was a starting point, and now we're walking together. And that's the aspect of, of walking with God, that it begins in the morning when you start your day that way. John Bunyan said, he who runs from God in the morning will scarcely find him the rest of the day. He who runs from God in the morning will scarcely find him the rest of the day. So there's an importance there of, of putting God first, putting the aspect of life and the world and these things out of your mind for a few minutes and just turning your heart towards God and beginning that walk with him. So devotions has been described as simply a conversation with God. You know, he talks to you through his word and you talk to him through prayer. So his word, daily Bible reading time. Now, there's many Bible reading schedules out there. Um, what type of schedule do you like? Anybody here have a, a different type of schedule or a Bible reading plan that you like to do? I like things that have, like, ask me questions. Then just getting through a set passage of scripture or something. Um, there are some Bible reading schedules that, that jump around. You know, you read a New Testament passage and you read a Psalms and you read a Proverbs and you read one Old Testament passage. I, I don't like those at all. I just, I mean, to me, it's such a, a discombobulated group of different thoughts that, like, I, do, I just, I know ultimately by the end of the year, if you follow that schedule, you read the whole Bible through. But it's like taking one piece from here and here and here and here. And to me, I don't like the disconnection. Now, some people like the variety and that's what they enjoy. Uh, some people like to read that, you know, read an read a Old Testament passage and a New Testament passage every day. Some people like to read, just give me four passages in a row, uh, four chapters in a row and read those. But there's many, many different types of Bible reading schedules out there. They're printed. They're di digital. We provide one every year that varies from year to year in different aspects so that you can have some variety in your reading schedule. Obviously, one, well, for three years, we did a Bible reading schedule that you read one chapter a day. A lot of people really like that one, <laughs> like just one chapter. I mean, what does that take, two, three minutes uh, to read a chapter? But the goal was not just to get through our devotions quick. The goal with that was that we would spend more time and ponder and really think about the chapter and think about what was being said. So... Uh, you know, they say that you can read through the Bible in a year and it takes about 15 minutes a day. Uh, I'm a slow reader. I've never been able to do that in 15 minutes a day. Uh, it's mind-boggling how fast some people can read and still comprehend. I, I'm just blown away by it. 
Um, but I read much slower than that. So let's say it was double that. Let's say it's 30 minutes a day. But surely you could do it in 30 minutes a day if you, you read four or five chapters and didn't just, you know, yeah, I'm done. You know, I mean, if you actually thought about what you were reading and put some, put some effort into understanding it and comprehending what it is. Um, so it might take a little bit more. Now, my dad, for a few months at the time, I'm not positive. I think that he wanted to do it for a year, and I think he ended up doing it for six months, but I'm not positive about those ambitions and the end result. But I know that for a while, he was reading the Bible in its entirety every month. It took about four hours a day of reading. And, uh, you know, it was just a, you know, he said something in a message one time about, well, you could read the Bible in a month if you really wanted to. And encouraging people like you ought to be able to get it done in a year. And then the Holy Spirit spoke to his heart and said, well, you said it. Could you do it? And so at the beginning of the year, he started saying, well, I want to read the Bible through in a month. And all, I still remember, like, every time you saw Dad, he was reading the Bible, like, all, all the time. <laughs> Any free time, like 20 minutes after lunch, before he had to be somewhere, he was reading the Bible. You know, coming back from the afternoon, he's reading the Bible. Come into the church, before church, he's reading the Bible. Every free moment of the day, he was reading the Bible to try and get through it in a month. And he did it for three, four months, I think. But uh, So you're not going to get it done in a month, maybe. It's a pretty hefty dedication of time. Uh, but maybe we could at least... I mean, you know how fast 15 minutes passes when you're watching YouTube? Okay. You know, just one, oh, it's just one after another, one little clip. It's only two and a half minutes. It's only eight minutes. It's only four minutes. Just going to watch this little clip. I'm just going to see the end. And 15, 20 minutes passes so fast. You're, you've been, before you know it, you've been there an hour and a half. And you're like, man, I got to go. But why is it so hard to read the Bible? for even 15, 20 minutes a day. Then we have daily prayer time, and I've got to hurry up. Now, we've, we've taught a lot on prayer here at the church. Uh, there's many lessons on prayer. No matter how much we've learned, we still have stuff we can learn. Uh, but have a prayer time. Get alone with God each day. Uh, I don't remember if it was Tozer or who it was that said it, but uh, they said this. They've never met a Christian with a great prayer life that did not have a great prayer list. They've never met a Christian with a great prayer life that did not have a great prayer list. So it starts by having a prayer list. The church has a prayer list. You can take that, use it, uh, modify it, add to it. What's some things that you should have on your prayer list? You guys tell me. I could give you a whole list of things you could have on your prayer list. But what's some things you should put on your prayer list? Yes. Thanksgiving. So you should have a time of gratitude and of praise to God. You should have Thanksgiving on your prayer list. Things that you're thanking God for. That's good. And you can add to it and develop that. And praise. A time of praise. Praising God for who he is. For the things that he's done. For his son. For the salvation you have. Praising. Praising God. A time of confession. Of, uh, you know, asking for forgiveness. A time where you just, you know, say, search me, O oh God. Try me. See if there be any wicked way in me. And uh, a time of confession where you just confess to the Lord the things from yesterday. Lord, I thought this thought and it wasn't pleasing to you. I had this attitude. I had this spirit. I, I didn't, you know, fulfill my duties yesterday as well as I could have or whatever. You know, time of confession. 
Anything else? The time of intercession. This is very good. You guys are getting deep here. Uh, time of intercession. Praying for others. Time of praying for others. This is very wise and, and very important to have these things in your prayer time. Let me say this as we wrap up this morning. Fellowship is directed by consistency. Really, as Christians, if you want to build that relationship with God, you want to walk with God, this daily prayer time and, and reading your Bible in the morning is just the beginning. That's just the starting point. Um, and if that's going to happen on a regular basis, you need to have a habit a place and a time every day that you walk with God. Have that habit, that place, that time, and have it set aside. There's some things that you do first thing in the morning, every day, or first every day you have this pattern, this habit. When you have a habit, it happens almost naturally, almost like second nature. And so you've got to build that habit, and it only happens, a habit is only built when you do it the same way every time. If you say, oh, well, I'm going to have my reading my devotions and have my Bible reading tomorrow, and oh, I'm going to do it tomorrow after lunch. And then the next day, you're like, oh, I don't, I'm going to be busy tomorrow at lunchtime, so I'm going to try and do it after supper. And tomorrow, I'm going to be busy all day. I'm going to catch mine tomorrow night before I go to bed. And then the next day, oh, I'm going to do it first thing in the morning. You won't get into any habit, and you won't be consistent in your walk with God. You've got to have a pattern. You say, this is when I'm doing it. Not that you won't sometimes miss, sometimes change, sometimes have to modify that, but it ought to be, here's my time. Here's my place. This is what I do. Walking with God just begins in the morning and then is to continue throughout the day. We want to continue throughout the day. So, we've got to conclude this morning as we've got to dismiss and get ready for uh, our morning service and choir practice and all these things. Um, If you walk with God day by day by day, an amazing thing will happen. You will begin to start to build a relationship with him that will have amazing results. It really will be be beyond comprehension what God can do in your heart and life. You'll begin to grow as a Christian in a way that you never thought possible. And as I stated already, a relationship is built by communication. The more we communicate with him, the more we listen to him, and and then we communicate and talk to him, the more powerful an impact your walk with God will have on your daily life. You know, John 15, 15 says, Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what the Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. What a privilege to be called a friend of God. And a friend is a relationship that's personal, that's developed with effort and with time. And we want to be a friend of God. We want to... uh, have a relationship with him by walking with him. So I'd encourage you, especially as we begin this new year, to begin by walking with God daily.